0: Welcome to the Performance Plastics Podcast, hosted by IAPD, the only podcast dedicated to providing you information and insights into the world of engineering-grade plastics and how they benefit society by improving the quality of everyday life. Now here's your host, Courtney Carr. Welcome to the IAPD Performance Plastics Podcast episode on recycling PVC and acrylic, Performance plastics are often misunderstood with the general population, especially when it comes to the environmental benefits offered. This episode will take a closer look at why ESG issues, environmental, social, and governance are so important in our industry, especially relating to sustainability. It's time to get some deeper insights from our subject matter experts. Our guests for this episode are Kevin Duffy, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Viacom, Who will be sharing insights on the market and customers perspective, and David Fell, President of Return Polymers, who will speak to the recycling operation side. They will be tag teaming our discussion on PVC and acrylic recycling. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Courtney. It's great to be here. Hi, Courtney. Nice to meet you.
0: Before we dive in, will you tell our listeners what makes you experts on recycling?
2: Yes, uh, it's Kevin Duffy. I'm the vice president of sales and marketing for Vicom. I've been with Vicom for about three and a half years, but I've been in the plastics industry for over 20 years um, in a mix of uh, you know downstream uh, with extrusion and injection molding companies as well as uh, on the resin side. So uh, kind of a variety of uh, experiences there, but also really a lot of my career has been focused on sustainability.
1: And my name is David Tall. I'm the president of Return Polymers. We were recently acquired in 2020 by the AZAC company, or now a division of AZAC. I've been in a few more gray hairs than Kevin. So I've been in the plastics industry for around 30 years uh, with a chemical engineering degree specializing in polymer science out of Canada. Um, global development managers for a primary resin PVC compounder for a number of years, and then transitioned into my role here at Return Polymers, growing it from a you know 20 million pound, processor, a uh, recycle to the entity that AZAC acquired, um, and so, pleasure to meet you.
0: All right, it sounds like you're qualified, so let's jump in. Relating to sustainability, ESG issues, environmental, social, and governance, are very important to the performance plastics industry. Tell us about AZAC's corporate goals.
2: I'll take that one first. And really from an AZAC perspective, it's fundamental to everything that we're doing uh, in the market right now. Uh, we've set some very aggressive goals. Really, we've had some great performance already, but uh, we're, we're just uh, really, um, you know, getting very, very involved with our ESG programs and commitments Um yeah, you know, we we diverted 400 million pounds of scrap material from landfills in 2020, and we made a commitment uh, to increase that to a billion pounds by 2026. So we we see a, a huge opportunity here for us to continue to be you know great corporate citizens and and support the market and our customers with recycling materials and and repurposing them into our long-lasting you know uh, beautiful outdoor products such as our decking or our trim. Um, we'll also be publishing our first sustainability report in 2021, and uh, that will include some information on, on carbon footprint and life cycle analysis for our products. So, really looking forward to that, and uh, it's absolutely a, a core part of our strategy moving forward.
1: From from my perspective, it's very, very similar. You know, our CEO Jesse Singh announced less than in the first quarter of 2021 a corporate goal. Uh, not only to be fully compliant with ESG regulations for Wall Street, but also to, uh, you know, stretch goal, you know, a billion pounds of recycle by 2026. Now I I will say to everybody out there, that's not a hard and fast number. It's a direction that's going to basically define how we're going to do things within the entity. You know, return polymers is a fully owned um, subsidiary of, of ASAC. And so we're along that same charge. So we were very excited to see a company as large as AZAC have a similar mindset to do things better than we did the day before to continue to recycle and do sustainability. And to see a commitment like that in a company size of AZAC that's making world-class, you know, environmentally sensitive products out there that are lasting for 50 years is just, you know, it's a testament to the way this organization is gonna go uh, to the point of even adding in the first quarter of 2021, a VP specifically for ESG. You don't see that level of commitment On ESG in most companies. This is not a case where it is a, you know, I've checked my box, I have done what I'm supposed to do. This is commitment and resources to make sure things are happening. Uh, From an ESG perspective, we also have a unique ability in that, uh, from a recycler's perspective, not just the customers, we can also do, you know, ESG audits. We can go through and audit the recycling programs. Their waste energy programs, their waste-to-landfill programs, and define mechanisms whereby they do not have to go down that path, and that we can actually recover those polymers um, and bring them back into the fold to put them into decking. Uh, I know you indicated it was PVC and acrylic, but the, the plethora that return polymers can utilize actually covers some of the more difficult polymers, you know, PVC, CPVC, kydexes, acrylics with caps and everything else that goes with it some of the ABS materials. So it does allow us to cover some of the thermal plastic spaces that most recyclers can't do. And most people can't put back into a primary exterior product. So it's, it, to us, it's very, very exciting.
0: It's exciting to see a company actually take action versus just throwing it up in a mission statement. So good for you guys. What makes ASAC's program unique?
2: As David alluded to, Courtney, it's really about the the products that we can recover, as well as the fact that we can use all these materials internally, which you know is is a huge advantage. Um, you know, just to give you some examples. There's you know a lot of foam PVC out there that used it's used in the graphics industry, and for many years, uh, you know, that's really been a situation where. Uh, that material is used as contaminated because of the inks and and the decoration that's seen on that, uh, on that particular uh, piece of plastic. So um, frankly, most of that material, uh, it's very likely to end up in a landfill in the past. And what we've been able to, you know, do with this program and with our internal applications is is start to take that material back and, and use it in our products, reprocess it, and, and keep in mind, it's going into long lasting performance uh, products. So basically, you know, the deck board and, and think about a deck board that we produce today. Many of these products now have a 50 year warranty against, you know, outdoor use with, uh, you know, UV protection, you know, resistance against color fade and, and scratching. So it's truly uh, remarkable to think about a piece of, um, you know, signage or something like that. That you know, in the past, had ended up in a landfill, that now can be used in these long-lasting products. So uh, that's a very unique um, you know opportunity in the market, and it's driven by the fact that you know we produce all these products um, in house, and we've got built-in applications. I've had customers speak specifically to the fact that you know, hey, we've had people come in here and tell us they were going to be recycling our products, um, you know, for years, but we never knew what they were going to do. We just kind of assumed that they might sell it on the uh, the open market for scrap. And, you know, maybe it still ended up in a landfill or, or some other place that we couldn't trace it. When we saw your company, we knew exactly what you were going to do with it. So that's a, a
1: really unique value proposition. Uh, just building off what Kevin said, it's also a very unique aspect that if you look at a deck that is being removed or replaced because it's of a substandard deck from years gone by, you know, we've actually now seen first generation decks that didn't have the standards that Azex has that are now coming to us and being repurposed and recycled. I will say the other thing that's really unique on this is if you look at most recycling entities or enterprises out there, they're looking for a very narrow cut. They're looking for the really pretty, you know, light to beige first generation regrind, probably have a specific stream of windows or siding and, and those kinds of applications. And that's the only cut that that customer or that end user OEM is going to put into their product. You know, we've challenged the organization and they have accepted it. And we're using an entire plethora of a polymer. So it can go all the way from the beginning startup materials on extrusion or injection molding line, all the way to end of use, gone to distribution products coming back, to saw shavings coming off, to miscompounded stuff coming off compounding lines. So it's the entire plethora of that polymer space that we can now receive. It's not just one process. It could be injection, extrusion, thermal forming, you know, I mean, it's the entire enchilada that can go into this thing that we never would ever thought could ever be used before, which we've now used good science and good methods to actually allow us to put into primary products like decking and trim. Um, So from that perspective, I've never seen us be able to compound like we have before. And so it definitely sets it apart.
0: So using the full spectrum of materials, what forms do they need to be in? Do they need to be ground or full sheets? Do you have specific requirements?
2: On the customer side in the market, um, we get that question a lot. So I'm, I'm glad we're addressing it here. Um, we've got a lot of flexibility and I'll let Dave handle most of this question. But, it, it, you know, for our for our applications, we see things that are, you know, full sheets of, of decorated, you know, printed products. We see skeletons, which are, you know, basically what's left over uh, from the fabrication process. Um, and, and we might even have some customers that have internal grinding capability that uh, could, could, you know, you know, Take the material down to a very small form, which obviously would be great for logistics. The big, uh, you know, thing that we always tell our customers, though, is just the materials need to be segregated. So we can't have you know cross, uh, you know, cross sections of different materials within a lot of you know within a Gaylord order, within a you know something that can't be separated. So that for us is the most critical thing. And then you know we send it over to David and his team, and, and they work their magic to uh, to handle all different types of forms and uh, reuse those products effectively.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kevin basically captured in nutshell. You know, from my perspective, it's uh, if it can, if it can fit on the truck, I'll take it. Uh, is the best way to look at it because we're capable and have defined processes that are pre-size reduction that allow us to handle safely um, the entire plethora from a you know twenty-six inch diameter, twenty foot long pipe to a four by six sheet, a uh, four by sixteen sheet. I mean, to the smallest regrind and shavings that come in to parts and pieces uh, from a distribution center. So in order to be successful in this business, you basically have to find ways to handle the entire enchilada of various materials and bring them into this, uh, into a usable form. Uh, to us, it's all about safety, though. You know, This is a business that could quite easily be very dangerous for people to work, but we're over 450 days um, mid, mid-2021 without a lost time injury, which is, is difficult to do in our business. But it's only through the dedication of ASEC and the resources that we're putting in place you know, safe mechanisms to handle things so it's safe for our employees to keep doing what they do every day very well and to continue to take it to the next level and make a primary product.
0: Okay, so continuing down this road of the process, we know what types of materials and the forms. Once you receive these materials, what do you do with them?
1: I think I'll take this one, Kevin, okay? Um, I I call it baking a cake because literally what we end up doing is we bring in the various forms of the raw materials that are coming in, and my raw materials are entirely recyclable. We characterize them in the lab through a size reduction process. We'll define things from color to impact properties to fusion you know mechanisms and how they'll extrude the next generation and define really what the functionality of this left in that specific polymer compound that will allow us to define what portion of a recipe it can make and so it's really truly like baking a cake one part acts like the flour one part acts like the sugar one part is the chocolate to make it look the perfect color other parts the impact modifier so it you know It feels elastic and spongy. Um, And each one of the different raw material streams that we're bringing in has a different purpose. Allows us to make a mechanical blend that's reproducible. Because the critical thing in this for our business at at large is the ability to do it again today as we did yesterday. The only way you can do that is have fundamental scientific characterization of what you've got coming in. That thereby allowing multiple products to act like different streams and making my perfect cake. Uh, I prefer chocolate, but you know, Everybody else has got their own flavor.
0: <laughs> Any kind of analogy that uses cake, I'm here for.
1: <laughs> so let's talk.
0: <laughs> let's talk logistics. Do you work directly with end users? Do you go back through distributors? How does this work?
2: Yeah, in our case, it's really all of the above. And uh, the, the main thing that we've been focused on is education and making sure the entire value chain knows now that we have this capability to bring a lot of these materials back that uh, they may not have realized that there was a recycling option for in the past. So we've been working, you know, with distributors, with, and, you know, fabricators, uh, printing companies, end users, brand owners, and just, you know really screaming from the mountaintops uh making sure everybody's aware of uh what we're doing um with uh with vicom with these return programs with return polymers and, and with uh, the Asac company um and really i think it's a unique opportunity to work um with all of these folks um, and and especially distributors because you know in many cases uh we need to consolidate and and david will talk about the logistics um but we're always looking at you know, optimizing uh, cost and filling up trucks. I mean, if you don't do that, the model doesn't work. So uh, distributors could certainly add value by working with their customers and, and consolidating these materials and, and making sure we can efficiently uh, get them back to our recycling facility located in Ohio and uh, ensure none of this material ends up in landfills.
1: Kevin basically covered most of it. The only and It's really new to us because we've never had a partner like working with AZAC that had its own distribution channels and networks that AZAC has. So we've traditionally relied on direct-to-OEM uh, collection mechanisms. You know, you know, you put a drop trailer to the location, you fill the drop trailer out, you provide packaging for collection and pallets if required, once that truck is filled, you pick it up. You know, we've always found that by having a direct-to-OEM contact, it allowed us to see what's new in the market, to see what's coming in the market, To see what trends in the recycle is going to happen in the market it also allowed us to get that connection and and basically everything in this business comes down to logistical cost and filling a truck provided you can fill the truck you are going to be economically viable um and having the distribution angle that we've never had through vicom and azac has allowed us a totally different spin on on our existing business so it's been a great marriage from that perspective
0: Thanks for walking us through this process. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you guys would like to share with our listeners,
2: Courtney, I just want the listeners to know that uh, we've recently published a, a case study that uh, details, you know, this effort around recycling. We've got a great customer in Ohio called CIP Retail, uh, and they're a leader in supermarket and retail store design and graphics. And uh, they were looking uh, at, at opportunities for recycling and had not been able to find any, any good solutions. They had literally been storing material for years in the hopes that they could find, uh, um, you know, somebody to take it and, and do the right thing with it and recycle and have it not end up in a landfill. And we find there's many companies out, uh, they're like this. So, um, it's a great, uh, art, you know, case study that's available on our website, um, bycomplastics.com, And under the case studies link, you can find it, but, uh, you know, really it addresses, you know, what they were doing and, and, uh, Now we're taking these materials back. We're recycling uh, through return polymers. So uh, if you're looking for a real world example, uh, there's a great one available.
0: Okay. And listeners, we will link that case study in the show notes of this episode.
1: And from my side, the one I'm really going to focus on is uh, in the first quarter of 2021, uh, we launched uh, under the ASAC and with ASAC's assistance, a first industry recycling program called Full Circle. Uh, it is unique in that it is a direct to end user, not just to the distribution channel, a recycling program. Um, it's trying to prevent materials that are at the construction site or at the OEM from going down that path to the landfill site, but collecting it prior to that component, uh, using the distribution and dealer network to bring it back through the enterprise, back to return polymers in Ashland. Um, it's the first I've ever seen out there, and I've been in this a long time. That's actually trying to go to that end of field collection. I've seen guys go to an OEM, but I've never seen guys go to a job site before. Um, And with our skills and what we can bring to the table, it allows us to actually use that material versus, you know, check a box and make it look pretty. Uh, We're actually using that material. Um, That can be found on the Return Polymers website at returnpolymers.com under the recycling tab. It's also found on the azacco. website as well.
0: And we can link to that as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you dropping in to share your knowledge on recycling.
2: Thank you, Courtney. Really appreciated the opportunity and uh, really appreciate all the support that uh, we received from IAPD.
1: And uh, from my side, Courtney, it's been a pleasure. I guess I'll send that chocolate cake along sometime soon, but <laughs> uh, you know everything I know about recycling now, so you can come join me.
0: Great, sounds great. Thanks, gentlemen. This podcast was brought to you by the International Association of Plastics Distribution. For more information on IAPD, please visit our website at www.iapd.org.